You have been harsh against me, says the Lord. You've been harsh. You're saying stuff that's harsh. That's not real. Remember what the words of Jesus in Acts chapter 20. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus. He said that it is more blessed to give than to receive. We have to have this spirit in which we are honoring God. Remember the proverb that we were in last week. We honor God through giving. And we are blessed by God because we are blessed to be a blessing. We bless. God can't give to us if we have a closed hand because we can't you know, put anything in and certainly nothing's coming out. Amen? Hallelujah. Will a man rob God? Because I, I, I want to go back because in, in Malachi 3, God started off with a man, man robbed God and, and he says, how have we robbed you? In the tithes and offerings. You, he says, bring the tithes to the storehouse and try me in this, says the Lord. See if I won't pour out a blessing. Right? Remember that? Come on now. Okay, so now, so, so we, does God need our tithes? Does God need our money? No, He doesn't. Bring it, bring, bring. No, honor me, believe in me, trust in me. Show me what you value. Show me. Hallelujah. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow. Now remember 2 Corinthians. We're in the New Testament now. It, it, it didn't stop in the New Testament. I've had people leave this church. I've, I hardly ever preach or teach on tithing. Hardly ever. Because I don't know why. I just preach and teach what the Lord leads. And so the Lord hadn't led me there a lot. However, my brothers and sisters, the one time that we did discuss it, I had people leave the church because, you know, in the New Testament, you know, it's not the same. In the New Testament, you know, you're not supposed to give a tenth. No, in the New Testament, you give more. So that, that person wanted to challenge me about the tenth thing and the tithe and bringing the tithe. So, okay, in the New Testament, you really, if you want to go by what the early church did, let's go ahead and sell everything we have and give it to each other and take care of each other. Give everything we have. No, my brothers and sisters, look, God doesn't need me to go ahead and pay him off. Like, remember he said he'll rebuke the devourer for our sake, and the devourer is the enemy, we know that, but the devourer is the devil, so he's going to rebuke the devourer for my sake when I give him the protection money. No, you're not getting it. You are going to be devoured because you're paying protection money. Come on. See, he's talking about honoring him. And so remember about what, what's told to us in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 9, beginning verse 6. I say to you, whoever sows sparing will also reap sparingly. If you give sparingly, you're going to re- reap it sparingly. And who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly, or of necessity. Don't do it because you think you need to do it in order to get blessed back. Or don't do it because you think you need to do it to impress God. Don't think you need to do it. Don't do it because you think you need to do it in order to earn God's favor. Right? This is exactly what it's saying. If it's not in your heart to do it, don't do it. For God loves a cheerful giver. Amen? Alright. So now, if you don't have any problem with that, we're going to press forward. Because remember, this is about being blessed, profiting, Honoring God. It's all tied. It's all one. Amen?
Alright, Psalm 1, we all know this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, in the Lord's, the Lord's law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf is also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. This is an awesome word. And, and I love this word. Don't you? I mean, this is a great thing. But my brothers and sisters, look, look. For so long, we've all, many of us have been Christians for a long time. There's a lot of older Christians in here. I don't mean to turn my back to you. I don't, I don't want to be accused of calling anybody old. So. Now, there's a lot of older Christians in here. A lot of veterans of the faith in here. And, 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 and can we be honest and say, you know, this is great. But... I don't always see this. I, I, I'm not always seeing this lived out. It's hard for me. Well, yes and no, right? So hopefully before, as we continue to go on, both of us uh, who are older in the Lord or, and maybe older in years and those of us who are younger in the Lord or maybe just beginning our walk with God can have a greater understanding. So I'm going to begin, first of all, as we tear this down. Is it okay if we break apart Scripture today? Because, uh, you know, so many people don't want to do that. They just want to hear me spit and spew Ain't going to happen. So blessed, blessed. What does that word blessed mean? Happy, fortunate, content, to be envied, fulfillment, fulfillment. Remember that word, fulfillment? Everybody wants to be fulfilled. You know, you want to be content. You want to be happy. You want to have joy. Gratification. See, gratification, that involves being, listen, Grateful for something. You, you have something that, you, that is of a value to you and you're, you're kind of, this thing, whatever, whatever this is, I have this gratification. I have, I'm grateful. It makes me have this. Are, are you with me? So all of those things are synonymous with blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied, in a good position, fulfilled, content, gratified. Are you there? So, so, so blessed or gratified or fortunate to be envied is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. What does that mean? Counsel, counsel, advice, opinion, purpose. Purpose is part of that. If you do that, if you do that word study, he's going to talk to you. Purpose. It doesn't just speak to an opinion or advice, but there's a purpose. You know, I may advise somebody or I may talk to somebody according to my purpose, my plan. When someone comes to me or asks my opinion or so on or so forth, you know, it, I might be giving them advice and it has to do with the outcome that I'm looking for. Does that make sense to you? Okay, so, so right. Now, now look at what this is saying. A person who is blessed is walking right, right, according to the Lord. He's walking in the law of the Lord, right? That person will not take advice, will not listen to, will not seek counsel from someone who is, what is that word? Ungodly. Now when you do the study, ungodly, that's a person who is just morally bankrupt, who doesn't serve God at all, doesn't care to serve God. They think they're okay. I mean, they're doing their thing. They're doing what they want to do. According to their knowledge, their wit, according to their flesh. Right? Okay, so now let's continue. Blessed is the person, I'm sorry, yeah, blessed is the person who doesn't stand in the path of the sinner. The person who doesn't stand in the path of the sinner is also blessed, happy, 
joyful, content, gratified, fulfilled. Are you with me? Now, now, who doesn't stand in the path of sinners? I'm not going to hang out with certain folks who are obviously sinning. Who are? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to do what they do. I'm not going to walk the same path. I'm not going to be found in the same situation that they're in. I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to hang out with those people. Now, there's a difference between the ungodly and the sinners. If you do that word study, and I, and I was, I, it's just awesome to me because I've. I've just felt that way and then I went ahead and I backed it up as I studied because we're supposed to study. It would have been my opinion had I not studied it. But this is not my opinion. Do the study yourself. I want you to back this up. A sinner is someone who knows the difference and misses the mark. See, all of us miss the mark occasionally. But we're all not practicing sinners. A little quiet. I, I hope. I wish I would have got at least one amen. Well, Tony, we're all sinners saved by grace. I'm saved. I'm not walking in that same sinful nature that I used to walk in. Okay, I'm not practicing sin anymore. Why? I was. I don't need any more practice. I was very good at it until I came to Jesus. Don't need to practice it anymore. I got really good at it. I I got some pros sitting up in the front row. We were all professional at it. So then we, listen, He called us out of that darkness into His glorious light. And so now we're not practicing that anymore, but we still occasionally miss the mark. That's the difference. Now, I'm not, listen, I am not going to continue to walk with people who maybe profess um, to be walking in the light but constantly are missing the mark. I'm not going to judge them, condemn them. I'm not going to do I'm not, I'm not saying for us to do that, to judge each other or listen, excommunicate each other. But I will tell you this, I, if, if, if you're practicing sin, if you're continuously missing the mark, as it were. Let me, let me say it that way. If you're continually missing the mark, I don't want to hang out with you. And it's not because, listen, and it's not because I think that you're um, less than me. Or it's not because that I think that you are not worthy of my presence. It's not because I think that God doesn't love you. And I don't even know if you're saved or not. That's between you and God. But here's what I don't want to do. See, I'm delighting myself in the law of the Lord. Right? And so, what I don't want to do is to go ahead and find myself in your path, walking the path with you, and then all of a sudden I find myself doing the same thing you're doing and missing the mark right there along with you. Come on now. No, what does the Scripture tell us though? That we should, if we see our brother in sin, we should go. But not go and condemn. Go and say, hey, Love you, man. What can I pray? What can I help you with? What can I pray? Come on now. Not judge each other. Now let's look at the conversely. Instead of spending my time with those who maybe profess 
a relationship with God and maybe aren't really walking it out all the time or they're missing the mark you know, kind of consistently. What am I doing? See, I've got to, I want to look at myself first. I'm not going to always look at the next person and judge, should I be working? Is, is what they're doing worthy? I mean, they're missing the mark. Should I? No, I'm not going to... I'm, what, I'm, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? Because I want to tell you, nine times out of ten, if I'm adhering, if I'm adhering to the law of the Lord the Word of God for us New Testament believers. If I'm walking according to the Word of God, some of those people don't want me in their path. And if I'm walking in the Word or according to what I know the Word of God is where the Holy Spirit and the Word are are coming alive inside of me and I'm walking according to that Word that the Holy Spirit is now burning inside of me, I'm not going to. I'm not going to have time to walk where they're walking. Does that make sense to anybody? See, I, I, I really, I, I want to get that word down on the inside of me, and I want to do what it's saying for me to do. And if I find myself doing the do do's, you all know, I say it so many times, I will not have time for the don't do's. Isn't that right? You can say Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, blessed is the person who doesn't sit. In the seat of the scornful. Do I get that one to you, Nyla? Blessed is the person who doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful. Have you ever known people who maybe um, walked in the faith and then later on... um, you know, had a negative experience or went through some neg- and then all of a sudden some of the things that they used to profess and confess, now they're, you know, criticizing and mocking. Anybody ever meet anybody like that? Yeah. How about just people in general who, you know, want to look at the Word of God and look at the kind of life that we want to live and say, yeah, that's good, that's a crutch and that's for maybe people who don't have a certain degree of intellect or, you know... Come on now, you're not, maybe you're, you don't have a high intelligence, so it's, it's hard for you to really grasp, and it's easy for you to you know, think of creation rather than evolution and all of these other scientific principles that are now taught as uh, truth, but in fact they're not truth, uh, they're just theories. But you know, it's okay because you could go ahead and believe that, and that's just because maybe you're not smart enough to really understand science. Have you ever had people condescend to you like that? I've had literally people say, Tony, I'm surprised. Why? Because you're, you appear to be, uh, you know, you have a college degree, you appear to have a certain degree of intellect. How could you believe that? I'm serious. I've had people say that to me. That's a scoffer. That's a mocker. That's a scoffer. There are people now... See, I know that when I say this, some of you are not going to... There are people now coming out of seminaries who will, listen, who will teach that the virgin birth really didn't happen. Now, if you're going to go to a school of higher learning... And you're going to try to learn what is saying, what this Bible is teaching, and you're going to learn all of this, and then somewhere along the line, they can teach you that that's not 
totally accurate, then, my brothers and sisters, what else is not totally accurate in there? What else can we change or take away or just rip out? And if you can do that to a couple of things, then you might as well throw the whole thing away because now man is determining what's truth and what's not. I'm so tired of hearing people say that because you know we're living in a different era, that was a different culture, a different time, blah, 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 blah. You know what? It doesn't matter. People are people are people are people. And no matter how smart we think we are, they were pretty, pretty smart back then as well. They did some pretty awesome things without the technology that we have. So I think they did some remarkable things. And, and a lot of things that happened, the miraculous things, how do you explain those things? Well, you don't. You simply say that those are just things that are done to prove points and some of those things didn't happen. There are even people who, don't, who go to seminaries and come out thinking that Jesus is not the only way. Go ahead and look at me like I'm crazy. Like I mean, I'm not trying to provoke anger. I'm not trying to stir you up negatively. What I'm just saying is, when you look at this word scoffers, no, bless the person who is blessed, the person who is truly happy, truly content, fulfilled, has gratitude. He doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful. It's, it's something different. And see, I see a progression here a little bit. I'm trying not to... to but I see something that, ha- that can happen to us who confess or profess Jesus. You know, something can happen to us. Well, what is that? Because we read scriptures like this and we've been taught things about the blessings of God and how much God has for us and all of these promises that are yes and amen. And then we're walking, looking for these promises right around the corner. We're looking for this blessing right around the corner. It doesn't happen. So then we begin to doubt. Then when we begin to doubt the veracity, the truthfulness, the weight of this Word, what happens to then our behavior? You know, we start to miss the mark just a little bit. And then when we miss the mark because He doesn't strike us dead and send us to hell, we just it's our flesh. We get used to it. It just becomes that. And then we may go ahead and look for a plan B to get what we want because see, our perception is the blessing means this. Our profession is blessing means we're going to have money. Blessing means people are going to love us. Blessing means that everything is going to go well. We're not going to have any problems. Blessing means that when I raise my little Brock Morton, that he's going to sit in church very quietly. And he's going to, and then every time he goes to youth group, oh, the youth pastor is going to say, oh, you're Brock Morton. Such a, such a pleasure. I think he's going to be a minister. I think he's the next Billy Graham. No. No. Instead, they're saying, you better keep your little Brock Morton away from my little Joseph. And you find out raising kids is a hard thing to do. You find out it's not. Listen, just because you're serving God, everything is not all sunshine and lollipops. So then you start looking for, well, what happened to this blessed life that I'm supposed to have? Well, see, I, I give, I give, I tithe, I even give more, just like Pastor Tony said. New Testament says that you really should be giving more. You know, it's grace giving. It's, you know, as you're blessed, you bless. And so, you know, I'm doing this, but I'm not seeing this blessing in return. How am I profiting? You're being blessed, but you're not being blessed according to your flesh all the time. Or if you're looking to make those payments so that you can be blessed because you are thinking, if I do this, I'm promised that. 
How does that line up with the word that we just read out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9? Where it says, not out of necessity, with, with a pure heart, you're given from the heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity. Right? I'm giving to honor God, period. I'm not giving because God is making me give. I'm not giving because uh, i got to get a return if I don't do this. No, I'm giving because I honor God. I believe His Word. I trust Him. And I may not see a return on this tomorrow, the next day, the day after that, or till I go home to be with Him. But when I go up there, there's going to be treasure waiting for me in heaven. So whether I get it here or whether I wait to get back up there. And even if there's not the first bit of treasure, however I imagine what treasure might be up there, guess what I get when I go up there? I get to see Him. I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. So if I don't get anything, if I've got a little doghouse on the back of glory, okay, as long as I get to see Him. Hallelujah! He's my reward. I want fellowship with God. That's my reward. That's, my, that's, my, that's all I want. That's all you want, really, when you get right down to it. That's all we really want. I know that's what we need. But see, we've been, we've been taught this modern gospel, this thing that says everything's happy. and Well, yes, it is. In Him, it is. But if we're looking for all of these other things, we're going to be disappointed. And then, my brothers and sisters, what I don't want to happen is then we just continue, to, then we just kind of edge over a little bit and we, we find ourselves in the path of the sinner. And then we stay there too long and we may end up in the seat of the scoffer. Come on. See, the seat of the scoffer is... And you know what that word, uh, the seat is... That also talks about not just you know scoff, uh, scoffing or mocking or or saying bad things, but you're actually teaching other people to do it. That you're teaching from some kind of a platform, that you're speaking and you're, and you're showing. My brothers and sisters, I want to hear, I, I'm here to tell you that all of us are on a platform. We're all visible to somebody. There are children among us, there are, are people that we work with, we're all visible to somebody. So we get to show them Jesus, the way, or we cannot. That's up to us. The only way that we can really show them Jesus is by delighting ourselves in His law, in His Word. Amen? So now let's go back to the psalm. Look what it says. The blessed person delights in the law of the Lord. He delights in the law of the Lord. What, what is that? Again, now what is delight? You take pleasure in. Again, it's so, it's, it's, it's so related to blessed, it's ridiculous. It, you take pleasure in it. There's joyfulness in it. You also feel fulfillment in it. it it's so related, it's ridiculous. So, so uh, look, I take pleasure in the law of the Lord. Now, let's speak to, again, and I know you know this, but let's just for the sake of maybe someone listening or someone who's a little bit younger in the Lord. When it says law of the Lord, it's not just speaking about the first five books of the Old Testament. When this speaks to us, now, in David's time, when David wrote this, he was speaking of the first five books. He was speaking of the law of Moses. That's what they had as, as Scripture. So he delights in the law of the Lord, but for us, it's talking about the Scripture in its totality. Old Testament, New Testament, it's talking about the whole thing. 
It's so amazing to me too to think about what King David. King David was inspired to write this psalm. Amen? Everybody knows that, right? So watch. King David said that you should. he, he delights in the law of the Lord. Someone who's blessed delights in the law of the Lord. But the law of the Lord, we're taught, and it could be burdensome to those who are just trying to keep the law, but the law of the Lord wasn't meant to save anybody, which those of us are studying together on Wednesday, we're right in the middle of that right now, and some of the things that the... So the law of the Lord was just these, as we look at it, rules and, and, you know, things that governed how God's people lived. Both socially, I'm saying, I'm sorry, not both, but socially, um, religiously, right? Morally. So the law covered all facets of the everyday life of God's people. And remember, those of us who are studying on Wednesdays, that was because God, the, the awesome, perfect God, has to stay in covenant with a sinful people. He has to stay attached to a, a, a people that are sinful by nature. And how did He do that? He did it by the law. Not knowing full well, God knew that the, His people would not be able to keep it. And so He did make way through sacrifices and so on and so forth for their sin to be covered so that they can remain in covenant with God. They can have fellowship with God. They could still be identified as God people. Hey, anybody here on Wednesdays? Amen? Is that what we're... Amen. 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 So now David, though, David sees it differently. David sees, he's delighting in the law of the Lord. Let me, let me read something to you real quick. This is, because um, this is a contrast. This is what Jesus said to the religious people and the Pharisees and the scribes, those who were the lawyers, those who were the, the ones who, who really knew the law, kept the law, who could, you know... Uh, tell the law to the people, can, can translate and, and, and tell the people what the law means, how it's supposed to be. They enacted it. They were, right? They were part of the system. So this is what Jesus said to them. You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are which testify of me. Did you hear that? See, so now I'm seeing King David. What is King David seeing that they're not? Jesus. <laughs> Right? Jesus. This speaks to the relationship that, that, that King David had with God. That's why God could say of him, even though he's an imperfect human being, did David sin? Oh, yeah. David did, did things I'll never do. But David was called by God, a man after his own heart. He, had, he understood there's a relationship that has to take place. I'm honoring God, not just with trying to keep this law, but I'm honoring God because my heart says, I love you. Your word brings me delight. It's not burdensome to me. It's not, oh my gosh, it's not, you're, I love you. I see you in your word. I see you in the law. He saw Jesus when the, the Pharisees and the scribes and all those lawyers and attorneys and all those high-minded, well-educated people, they couldn't see Him. David saw Him. Hallelujah. And they even had an advantage of David's... Listen, David prophesied. And so they had the advantage also now, not of only having the first five books, but they had the prophets. They had the law and the prophets. One of the prophets being David himself, who told them about Jesus. Amen? But they still couldn't see Jesus in the Scriptures. But King David did. I delight in the law of the Lord. Those of us who are blessed, we delight in the Word of God. Don't we? Okay, remember you said that. 
the blessed person, the one who is happy, joyful, fulfilled, grateful, joyous, the one who is to be envied, the one who is in right standing, that one who is in a good place. He meditates on God's law day and night. He meditates on God's law day and night. Okay, now I know that I could talk to you about meditate, what that word, you know, how I can give you, you know, about the cow rechewing the cud and all that. You guys heard that one before. Most of you have been involved. That word that's translated into meditate, you mean it's like a, it's meant for like a cow has all of those stomachs, but a cow will continue to, you know, pull up what it's already eaten and chew it again. So it's, it's, already, it's already taking it in, but now, and it's chewed it, and now it's chewing it again. So when the, when the Scripture is talking to us about meditate on God's law day and night, it's not saying to us, we need to be reading day and night. Should you be reading? Absolutely. Absolutely. But what it's saying to us is we need to be meditating on God's Word day and night. What does that mean? We need to be bringing it up in our minds and in our hearts, giving it thought carefully praying about it. God, you know, Pastor Tony said this, I read this, and, and, and you know, I really think, but Lord, I need your help. I, I'm considering this, Lord. I want, the full, I want you to speak to me, Lord. I'm, I'm meditating on your word, Lord. So, and you, you continue. And you could do that day and night. I may not be able to read day and night, but I can sure meditate on his word day and night. Think about it. Think about it. Instead of thinking about what you're going to do, instead of thinking about what that next thing is that you're going to buy, who that next person is that you're going to see, who that, instead of doing that, see, how are we spending our time? How are we honoring God with our time? Right? Now listen, hear my heart. Because I've told you before, I was raised up in a, a church that I'm thankful for because I got saved in that church. But man, there, there were some things there that as I've gotten older and studied the Word, it wasn't quite right. You know, the Word of Faith telling us, you know, you just name it and claim it and blah, blah, blah. No, see, that could, that could hurt you. Because, I, because now, if, if you're said, you know, if I believe this Word, I have trust in this Word, I have enough faith, I'm going to just keep saying this Word and what I'm saying is going to happen. It may in his timing. In his timing. See, I'm healed. I'm healed. I may realize it right here, right now. I may realize it tomorrow, the next day, the day after that. I may realize I'm healed. Period. And I'm going to, listen, I'm not going to meditate on my pain. I'm not going to continue to meditate on uh, my shortcomings. I'm not going to continue to meditate on... No, I'm going to meditate on His Word. Right? So if I continue to meditate on His Word, that's what... Then I'm rising above that. Then that thing, whatever that thing may be, physical pain, um, maybe it's emotional pain, it might, whatever that thing, whatever it is, fill in the blank, whatever it is, it's not going to have its effect on me. Why? Because I'm meditating on God's Word. I'm bringing that up. That's what I'm mindful of. That's what I'm cognizant of. That's what I'm starting to live out. Because when I think, in, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. 
So now I'm not talking about Dr. Norman Vincent Peale. For you young people, you don't even know who that is. The power of positive thinking. I'm not, think, I'm not saying that because, see, if you take that and you take the, you know, the um, uh, word of faith thing, they kind of almost marry. Where it's almost like I'm God. And I'm going I'm to name this and I'm going to claim this and it's going to happen because I say so. Are you kidding me? I'm honoring God. I'm here to honor God, not to be God. I'm here to honor Him. I'm here to worship Him. I'm here to have relationship with Him. So what happens is, when you go through that, that, that situation and things don't happen, then you start to get discouraged and you think, well, maybe this isn't real. Maybe what Pastor Tony preached, maybe, or maybe I'm doing something wrong when I feel like I'm trying to do everything right and I'm doing something wrong and it's not working, so to heck with it, I'm just going to do the best that I can do and that's it. Now you're walking, now, now you're standing in the path of sinners again. Right? And so now if you're standing in the path of sinners, you may be able to, listen, you may be able to anesthetize the pain by doing some of those other things. See, I know, I'm, I'm talking to somebody now. See, you, you may be able to do some other things that kind of, you know, break the, the, the cycle a little bit. They're, they're taking your mind off of that pain or they're taking your mind off of what you don't have and now all of a sudden, it's okay, you get a little comfortable in that area. But be careful because once you get comfortable in that area, you're a step away from be sitting in the seat of the scoffer. Come on. Yeah, I know. Hallelujah. Keep on. Meditate on the, the law of the Lord, the Word of God, day and night. Think about it. Bring it up. If you don't understand it, that's even better that you keep bringing it up. And when you bring it up and you realize that, you know, I don't fully get the this boom by to this that Pastor Tony gets. I, I, I want to get that same, mm, got you out of that. So what do I need to do? God, remember I said a little while ago, God, this Word, this is your Word. I want this thing to land on me. I'm meditating on this for a reason. This, this, this is supposed to be landing on me. I'm, I'm considering this. You said this to me for a reason. I want it to land, Lord. I want to know. Hallelujah. He will. So now, <clears throat> my brothers and sisters, let's finally now we'll get back to verse 3 of Psalm 1. He shall be like a tree planted by who? The blessed person. He shall be like a a tree, he or she, shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of, of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever he or she, whatever that person does, shall prosper. Okay, so let's just take this apart just a little bit. You're like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Why, why, why that? See, because if a tree is planted by water, by the river of water, it doesn't matter if there's a drought over there, drought over, it doesn't matter. You're, you're getting what you need. You're, you're, you're right by that river of water that's feeding and nourishing you, keeping your roots fed, keeping you flourished. And it says, the leaf will not wither. That speaks to vitality. Man, you've, you've got the nutrition that you need, spiritual nutrition. Man, you're, you, you're, this, you're growing and, and all that. No, I want to keep you, I want to, brothers and sisters, it's, it's no accident. Jesus says, all you who are thirsty, come to me and drink. Right? 
So, so man, I'm, I'm like a tree that's planted by water when I'm walking with Jesus, when I'm in His Word, when I'm in Him. Everything I do will prosper. I'm, I should be... I've got this spiritual vitality. My leaves don't wither even when the, in the middle of a drought. Bad circumstances. I'm not going to fall back. Things aren't looking good. I'm going through a rough time. Family's not... Whatever the case may be, financial, whatever the burden may be, because we live in this world and there's certain things. Man, it's not looking good on the job. Blah, blah, blah with the kids or the family. We got these issues. The health issues or whatever it may be. It's not going to rob my spiritual vitality because I am like that tree that's planted by the water. My leaves, I am not going to wither, dry up, and vanish away. Not going to happen. Why? Because I'm a tree planted by the water. I'm drawing from that river. Amen? Alright, I'm glad you got that. And whatever I do will prosper. Now here's part of the problem. Again, what is our idea of prosperity? Because again, I've told you, when I was into that, when I was raised up in that message, I was led to believe that material. I'm going to have everything I need and a bag of chips. No. No. As I got more mature in the Lord, I feel like, okay, what I think that I need and what I actually need are two different things. That's why I need to meditate on His Word. Because if I'm meditating and listening to everybody else, including Madison Avenue, my friends who are, you know, got the next best outfit, who have this car, who have that house, or thinking, man, I, I, I must need that. Or the, uh, the TV and movies and everybody is always telling us what we should like, what we should gravitate toward, what we should want, steering up. Come on now. Are you, are you still awake? Did I lose you? No, come on. So now, what's prosperity? Prosperity should be defined by God, not by me. It's spiritual, not fleshly. Not, come on. So if we, again, have our minds fixed on the blessing always means that we're going to have plenty of this, plenty of that, plenty of the other thing, we're going to miss it. It's spiritual. It's spiritual. This tree, this blessed person, brings forth its fruit in its season. See, that's the other thing. The expectation. And I'm just as guilty as the next person, so please, y'all. I'm just as guilty as the next person. I want to see it now. But see what the Word is telling me? The fruit is going to be brought forth in its season. I don't determine the season. God determines the season. Let me ask y'all parents who have raised kids. Um... When your child was about 10 years old and you got the brand new car and said, Mommy, Daddy, man, that car is awesome. It is beautiful. It's wonderful. Man, that's... Hey, can I take it for a drive? Give me the keys. (laughs) Would you give him the keys or her? (laughs) Definitely not. You ain't getting the keys to the new truck. I'm just telling you right now. (laughs) When the Lord takes me home, Dom, you can have it. But before then, no. But you, but you understand. See, they're not ready for it. Although it's great and you'd love to bless them and, and have them feel that, that joy in that moment, but, it, but they're not ready for that. 
It's not the season. The season isn't right. There's coming a time, but that time isn't now. Are, are you with me? Right? Okay. And there are cer- Why? Because there are certain criteria that has to be met. Well, number one, they have to be able to reach the pedals. Shush you. I know Dom is thinking, if he can reach the pedals, I know I can. All right, I know, okay. No, but, but do you understand? There are certain things that need to be able to... God has, a, has an order that he's placed on things, right? So, so now there's a couple of case studies I want to present to you. Number one, Abraham. And those of us who've been studying on Wednesdays, you're going, this is going to be familiar to you. So, so God told Abraham, and, and Abraham acted in faith. How did Abraham act in faith? God told him to get up from where he was and go. And Abraham got up and went... Not even knowing where he was going, he just trusted God and God accounted it to him as righteousness and God got in covenant with him because when he told him to get up and go, he got up and went. One problem. He said, leave your family and everything behind. Well, his father and family followed him. So he was from Ur, he went to Aran. Aran, his father passed away. So then he continues to go. And this whole time, did God say, okay, forget it, you're disqualified, you didn't do that? Nope, he didn't. He waited, and then God went and restated to Abraham again what the promise was. The covenant that he had with him. This is what's going to happen. And so Abraham went forward, but he took his nephew Lot with him. And then we know what happened. They had a family squabble with the, the uh, uh, servants out in the field. And so they separated and that's when the promise, Isaac, who really was the lineage that Jesus was coming through, that's when it happened. See, there was a season God had a timing. Did God purposely say, I'm going to wait until Abraham is 100 years old? He, he could have, but see, God already knows the end from the beginning. So he knew it was going to take that long. He knew that Sarah was going to be way beyond her years and couldn't have a kid before that. And by the way, in between then, when God first told Abraham to get up and go, and then Sarah actually became pregnant, there was a lot of water went under that bridge. And Abraham and Sarah themselves tried to help God along. Right? They did some things that they shouldn't have done. Abraham himself lied to Pharaoh and said, no, she's my sister, when they had to flee into Egypt. Remember that? Oh, she's my sister. Thank God God spoke to Pharaoh. You touch her, you're dead. (laughs) Right? So my brothers and sisters, listen. What am I saying? Abraham was in covenant with God. God, he, he walked, he moved, he made some mistakes. So those mistakes or those things, God told him, do this. This is what's going to happen. The season has to be this time. So the season could be time or the season could be condition. Oh, you didn't get that. See, you didn't get that. See, the season could be a time, but it's also a condition. My brothers and sisters, here's a condition. When you get away from your family, when you get out by yourself, because that, wasn't that what God stated? Somebody you who knows the Bible, say amen. Isn't that what God said? Get up and go. Get away from your family into a land that I'm going to show you. Not that I've shown you, into the land that I'm going to show you. So get up and go, and I'm going to show you this land. Here's the condition. You've got to get up and go, and you've got to get away from your family. Come on. All right, all right, all right. So isn't that, isn't that awesome? Is it, so, so don't we see that? How, how, where, where's Tony in that? Where's Tony in that? Okay, God has promised me this, He's promised me that. In His Word, promises. He's made some personal promises to me that line up with His Word. 
And I pray about them all the time. I want to see them now. I want to see them now, Lord. It's going to be in that season. Okay? So now I can get discouraged and I can let that rule me. I can let that discouragement rule me. And I can make it make me make a, a, a negative confession. But here, and, I've, and I'm going to tell you, my brothers and sisters, I have. I have. So I've got to ask Him for forgiveness. I have. I've made negative confession. The problem with that is when I make that negative confession, then I start walking according eventually. I'm going to start walking according to that negative confession. And I'm never going to realize this promise. Is God punishing me? No, absolutely not. God wants to bless me. He wants to pour out a blessing on me. But the season's got to be right. He's not going to hand me the keys to the Cadillac when I can't even reach the pedals and y'all shush. Hallelujah. Another case study. King David. King David was anointed king when he was a child. Young boy and he defeated Goliath. But he doesn't get to sit on that throne in Israel for quite a while. Well, that was Saul's fault. Well, no, not totally. Let me ask you all this. Did God tell David to run? Did God tell David to align himself with the Philistines? No, he did not. David did that. Why? He was afraid. Of, I, would have, I would have ran. Probably. I'm hoping that I wouldn't, but I probably would have. Saul was going to kill him. So look, the same God that promised David and anointed David king, that same God who David confessed, who David had relationship with, David was in those fields when he was a shepherd boy singing to God. That's why God said, that's a man after my own heart right there. He was out there having relationship with God while he was tending those sheep. He was meditating on the law of the Lord. How do I know that? Absolutely. No, because of the Word. The Word, and we see the result. We see what happens. So David is having all of this experience with God. And God anoints him king. And God is, is, is man, all of this stuff is going to happen. This is, my, this is my king. God, David out of his own mouth says, the, the, the God who delivered the bear and the lion, who I killed because he delivered them to me, is the same God that's going to deliver your sorry body to me today. <laughs> Almost used some colorful words that you wouldn't have appreciated, but they wouldn't have been bad. They just wouldn't have been right for this pulpit. Hallelujah. Same God. But then David said, oh, maybe God won't protect me from Saul. Did he say that? Not, not, not with his mouth. Right? Now, I, listen, hear my heart. I am far be it from me, and I'm not criticizing David. This is just happens to be a good example. The seasons. And God is not... Did God... Listen, all of those things that happened to David when he was um, running from God, Ziklag and all of these other things, was that God punishing David? No. Nope. How about later on when David actually is king and he has to suffer for some of those things that he did? Was God punishing David? Nope. David was punishing David. David decided to do some other things. See, but, but God was always there through the prophets, through... His law through the Word of God that David knew him from is always there speaking to him, always there in relationship with him, just like us. I I, I liken it to this. God is telling you, here's the direction. Here's where you go. And when you go here, here's the reward. The reward is here. The blessing is here. Right? 
So I think of that this way. I'm not great at this, but I try it. You know the, the phone, you can get directions on the phone. Now, I know some of you are going to be way far advanced than me, so don't send me no letters, don't send me no emails, don't you all try to correct me after this service. Okay, I'm not the greatest at it, we all know it, leave it alone. So I punch the stuff in the phone, the directions where I want to go, and then that, whoever she is, is telling me, turn here, or you know, go such and such miles and blah, blah, blah. But sometimes I get those directions and I'm thinking, I, you know what, I've been to this place, I've been in this direction before, that don't seem right. And so I try to go a little bit my own way. When I go my own way, what is she doing? She's trying, she's trying to get me back on track. She'll go, turn here, blah, blah, blah. So I'm just complicating the whole situation. Sometimes I just don't pay attention and I just go the way I think I should go. And then when I get lost, then I turn, okay, where, really, where am I supposed to but, but, but you understand. I've got the directions. If I go a wrong way, she's talking to me. Turn here. She's trying to get me back on track. And sometimes when I look at those directions, I'm thinking, according to what I know, (laughs) come on, this is preaching to somebody now more than just Tony. According to what I know, this just don't seem right. Thank you. you, uh, Come on. According to... To my knowledge, according to Tony, eh, I could do better than this. This just doesn't seem right. Oops. Then the, the half hour trip now takes an hour and a half because I've got to turn back. No, I'm gonna, you're laughing, but is it? Has the, am I the only one that this has ever happened to? I'll tell you, I was going someplace yesterday and I've got the, the stuff punched in. And I'm going to tell you, because I'm such a creature of habit, I'm going a certain way, and I happen to be talking to, I think it was Tony on the phone, and I'm getting ready to turn on the interstate. And that thing is dinging. While I'm talking to him, now I'm not listening to her, but the thing is dinging. I'm thinking, what the heck? Is Michelle trying to call me? So I look at it, and it's that thing. I press it, and it says, go straight. It's telling me, stay straight on this road. So, whew, thank God. I'd have got on an interstate, I would, have, I would have been really late because then she would have turned me around all over again. Are you understand what I'm saying? See, that's Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Minister, no, go straight. My habit is when I get close to the interstate on 52, I'm usually going south, so I'm, my, my truck almost wants to turn itself and go and make the turn. Come on, come on, y'all. Almost. We ain't there yet. No, that's a smart pack. No, we ain't got none of that. But think about that. So my habit was to do this. And I almost did it. But ding, ding, ding. I look at it. Stay straight on Highway 52. So I go straight. So I continue. And now I halfway learned my lesson. So I'm paying attention to this thing. I'm listening to whoever her name is. Um, I'm paying attention. And then... I get on the, this road that the, the place is supposed to be on, and I'm, I'm not seeing it. And so now I'm starting to think, is this thing? Because I don't totally trust this thing. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm thinking, and I'm also looking for a place to stop off to get a card and a soft drink. And so I'm trying to find, you know, if one on the way. So I'm kind of looking in both places, eyes going in every direction. And that thing tells me, you've arrived. No, I haven't. I don't see this place. Well, I, it, was, it was a half a mile. I, it, it said I arrived, but I, was, I wasn't paying attention. I turned, made a right turn, get off the highway, and this thing is recalibrating, and then she starts talking to me. 
and telling me, go here, do this, do that. And guess what? I got back, turned around, went on, there it was. When I passed it by, I was looking on one side of the road, it was on the other side of the road. See? My brothers and sisters, and I'm thinking, Lord, (laughs) I knew I was going to teach this message this morning. And so that is banging on me. That's, that's, that's our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit is constantly saying, blah, blah, blah. And so we're looking for the blessing. See, my, my, in that case, the, the blessing, my reward was arriving at this place that I had to be at a certain time. So we're looking for this blessing. We're looking for the prosperity. We're looking for our efforts to prosper us. Number one, here's some takeaways. What do you define as blessing? Make sure it lines up with what God defines as blessing. Prosperity. What do you think is actually prosperous? How do you define that? And then lastly, maybe the season is being delayed because you're not following the directions. God's not punishing you. Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Don't leave here being discouraged this morning. Because God's not punishing you. God is just waiting for you to get into that place where He can blow it up. God wants to pour it out on you. Well, now I sound like one of them. No, that's truth. Because I'm not saying that you can act any old way and God's just going to blow you up. No, I'm saying God has called you to be blessed, but He has called you to a certain position in order for that blessing to be poured out on you. You're delaying the season. I'm delaying the season, could be. Or I'm looking for the wrong blessing. Now let me ask you all something. Does that minister to anybody besides me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's stand together and worship Him. God, we love you this morning. We thank you for your word. Father, as we play some music and as we, continue, we, we meditate on the word that you've just given us, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would invade our hearts. Invade our hearts. Lord, minister to us. Father, speak to our hearts and to our minds. Father, reveal where we have maybe missed the mark. But Lord, before we leave here, I pray that every soul under the sound of my voice would hear a voice of encouragement. Yeah, you missed the mark. Or you've never stopped being my child. Or you are worthy because of Jesus. The blessing is waiting for you where I told you it would be. And the blessing isn't what you thought it would be. It's what I've determined it should be. The thing that I've determined for it to be is for your eternal good, not for your temporary good. I want to bring you joy, not instant gratification. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we lift our hearts and our souls to you. And Lord, I ask that you would, again, strengthen each of us. Strengthen each of us. Encourage each of us, Holy Spirit. As we decrease and allow you to increase. Give us clear vision. And Father, move our eyes off of those evil things, off of those things that are meant to distract us, Father. Father, I don't know anybody in this place that would be strong enough to pluck out their own eyes. But Lord, supernaturally, spiritually, I ask that those of us who are not strong enough spiritually to move our eyes, that you would give us help, that you would strengthen us, Holy Spirit, that we would move our eyes off of the evil things. Father, in the days and the weeks ahead, I pray, Lord, that we would continue to meditate on this, your word that you've given us. And you would inspire us, Lord, to do something different. To walk in that place that you've called us to. To bring us to that season that you've called us to. That you may pour out a spiritual blessing that we cannot contain. Lord, I pray that each of us would be in the condition that when that blessing is poured out on us, we would continue to pour out on other people. And we would testify of the greatness of our God. Father, thank you for the testimonies that are going to come back and be realized and heard in this church. To the glory of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. 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 God bless you.